these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. I love our audience, Kyle, because we did kind of a just a like a Phil's Wolves takes episode of Flagrant Howls with Judd and Declan yesterday morning. It gets posted. And then like an hour after it gets posted, Mike Conley signs his contract extension and people are banging on the door saying, where's the emergency episode? Where's the emergency Mike Conley retirement contract episode? I guess this is it. This is a day later, the emergency Mike Conley contract episode. What a crazy yesterday was like President's Day. So the day off and ironically, personally, I'm adulting harder than I've ever adulted before. And we can talk about that later. But uh, just to see that pop up. Um, credit where credit's due. I mean, we, we know this, having them on, being friends with them. Dane Moore is one of the most plugged in. I remember a couple of weeks ago, he kind of hinted that like, and Doogie has been really good about it too, that the Wolves and Mike's camp, or just maybe Mike and his wife, were negotiating some sort of deal, trying to figure it out. They didn't want to wait until this summer. Uh, and it's a credit to all parties. I mean, we can be homers on this pod at times, but I don't know how you look at this single transaction and not... There's an argument to be made. I'm a big fan of this game. There's an argument to be made. You might lose it, but that this specific move is the best move Tim Conley's ever made. Not just acquiring, obviously, Mike Conley and, and Nikhil and some second-round picks for D'Lo back then, but he's taken a 50% pay cut. That's crazy. <laughs> like That kind of emphasizes or is the cherry on top of everything you've done up until this point as an organization has kind of worked like the culture Kirk, Kirk Cousins would never by the way <laughs> just throwing up these lobs uh it I mean you know Mike is a smart guy and I'm sure he looks around and says this is my best chance to win a ring a ring is probably the only thing left on my resume uh kind of preventing me from that next level of you know status hall of fame whatever uh the Rudy Gobert trade I mean if Rudy's not clicking on all cylinders does Mike want to stay here if the culture's not good if he doesn't like the coaching staff he doesn't like the front office um I remember when we talked to Mike last week in Portland in the locker room after one of the games and I think I asked him like how do you keep just playing or like how are you at this age playing all these games and he credited Alex Rodriguez like off the bat about how much they've injected and invested into the team and all the different science and nutrition and all that stuff so all of that said this guy's making $24, 25000000 million this season, and now he signed an extension to make 20 I think it's just over $20, 21000000 million for the next two seasons. So there's not mean. I think uh, I think Bobby Marks had it. The Wolves have $175 million in salary committed to next season. They're going to be a second apron team. This is giving you more tea leaves that maybe new ownership will pay for mm-hmm. a luxury tax team, and they won't have to make a big trade this summer. But... All things considered, you have your starting five locked up for the next two additional years in on contracts that if you need to, you can start to pivot them off uh, if things don't work out down the road. But I keep saying high watermark. I don't think yesterday was the high watermark for this franchise, but it was up there, man, because now you have a much clearer picture of how this is going to look, not just for the next three months, but I guess for the next almost three years. So how would you what is your what's your Mount Rushmore of Tim Connolly move so far? What's the what's the George Washington, and then what are the other three? I mean the the Nikhil Mike trade for D'Lo. Uh, someone someone on Twitter had this that Leonard Miller, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and Mike Conley combined are like making less than D'Angelo Russell, which is like holy cow, like that's pretty good move there. Um, so yeah. the trade last trade deadline, 
the Mike Conley extension is is up there. At this point, I know national people and critics still don't love the price to get Rudy Gobert, but they just acquired the eventual four-time defensive player of the year, and at this rate, he's probably going to get a fifth one in another season. He's that good. And then uh, the Nas Reed extension, I think. I think the Nas Reed... To get that done, and he took it. He didn't even hit the market. Like he took less money than he mm-hmm. probably could have in a bidding war somewhere. And so Tim th- Conley has a knack for getting guys to take less money, basically. Yeah, and even though I know Jaden's been a hot button topic on this show or in the fan base because maybe he's had ups and downs, even that number, which is a lot to some, in NBA standards, Jaden probably took a discount too. I know it's he's going from three million to north of twenty, but. All these guys are looking at this situation and this market and this organization and be like, yeah, I, I want to get paid, but I, I would take a little off the top to stay here. And I don't know how you don't credit that to the guy pulling all the levers. And to an, a lesser extent or maybe a greater extent, you really do have to credit Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie because they went out and we made fun of them and we scoffed at them about big game hunting and we thought Sasha Gupta could run the show. And he probably, you know, maybe could have, but Tim Conley has almost... One, we talked about Wendell Moore. That was a, that was not on the Mount Rushmore, uh, but he's basically batting you know nine hundred uh, in his two years here, and he set this franchise up to be in a really really good place and still flexible with contracts like Nas Reed, like Mike Conley, like Rudy Gobert that are tradable if you have to pivot down the road. And what's amazing about Conley too? So he's he's thirty six years old. And he's in relatively great shape. He's had a couple little things that like 36-year-old NBA players have where, okay, I need to sit. I look a little rusty or I need to sit for a couple games, whatever it is. You're not getting all 82 out of him. But just playing with this group and being in this situation has rejuvenated him. Mm-hmm. He currently, so he entered the league in 2007. So this is, what, what are we talking about here? Year 17 in the league, I want to say? Year yeah, seven, 16 or 17? 16, I think, yeah. This year represents by far the best effective field goal percentage of his career, in part because he has the best three-point make percentage of his career, shooting 44% from three-point range. The second best win shares per 48 metric of his career. The only other one was 2016-17, the prime of his career in Memphis when he was 29 years old. But he, I mean, he's literally putting together one of the two or three best seasons of his career and he decided to not even really like haggle or negotiate. But this is, you know, I, I bring up the Kirk thing sort of jokingly. If there's the Venn diagram of frustrated Vikings fans with Wolves fans that listen to this show or watch this show. It's kind of amazing. Both of these guys, Mike Conley and Kirk Cousins, are the same age. Both of them have been in their respective leagues for well over a decade. They've both been like the point guard or the captain or the main figure on different teams. I guess... Conley hasn't been like the main scorer, but he's been the point guard, the, the floor general on almost mm-hmm. every team he's been on going back a long time, right? Both of them have made a quarter of a billion dollars playing the sport that they're playing right now. And Mike Conley, I don't think it's a small thing that he decided, you know what? I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could probably hit the market. I could even just not hit the market and I could try and strong arm these guys. I could be. I make $22 million, $24 million right now, and I'm better than I was when I signed the contract. So I'm mm-hmm. worth 20 to $30 million to somebody out there, right? Like, he could easily make that case. But this is where I've always argued, and I'm and you and I, like, most, most of us have never been in a position anywhere close where money just doesn't matter to us anymore. When you've made a quarter of a billion dollars playing a sport and you're in your mid to late 30s, 
money doesn't really matter anymore unless you're talking about ego and what it represents. So why wouldn't you take a little bit less at a certain point in your career to go chase a championship? I think this is awesome. Like the difference between the $10 million he could have had if he went somewhere else versus, no, this is a great situation. I'm still going to be able to put food on the table for my family if I'm making $11 million versus $20 million. It's just, I think, bravo to Mike Conley for prioritizing at this stage in his basketball life and career a great situation and wanting to keep going for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I struggle with that. I this You're supposed to have like takes, right? You're supposed to be firm with your beliefs. I, I've never really felt, I love money and I switch jobs and I continuously try to push because I like more money. And again, to your point, like, the money I'm making is just probably slightly less than Mike Conley. So if I was in that tax bracket, maybe my life would change. Uh, but you're right. Like there's guys that just don't want to do that. And it's a pride thing. And they're, they just believe in the standard. They, I guess they believe in setting a market for other guys, which I think that phrase of setting the market is kind of overblown. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mike could have, for example, Mike could have just gone for sure. Like let's for sure. Mike could have gotten two years, 40 million, 45 million from the Spurs. Right, he mm-hmm. could have gone down there and been their point guard and tried to help Wemby yeah. and kind of take that thing to the next level. They have a bunch of cap space, but but why would you do that? Like, why would you move your family again? And it goes back to the organization. It goes back to the city. Like Minneapolis deserves a little credit here as well, and the state and the people because I think Mike and his wife are like we could we could see. I remember talking to Mike when they had the Jersey debut at the Young Gravy concert last year at Fletcher's. So. He feels comfortable here. He likes lakes. Like, he wants to get his family out on the water. So I get all that. And then to your point, I think it just takes a special person to want to do that. Uh, Not all athletes are wired that way. I mean, we're coming off an all-star game where all the players did get paid to play in an exhibition, which we should talk about for a second. Uh, And they want more money. So it's it's human nature to kind of want more and more and more of anything. Desserts, money, travel, PTO. Uh, But Mike is a rare breed. And Mike is... A lot of the things that make Mike Conley Mike Conley and the best guy in the league and he's never had a you know a technical foul and he's always winning the human of the year award from the NBA, that's part of the reason that this this stuff can happen. So any other point guard or 99% of other point guards probably don't re-sign with Minnesota because they're like, you know what, I can go chase a bag this summer from a bad team and maybe try to elevate them, but he's doing all the right things and that culture leaks into the locker room. I mean, being in that locker room for a couple nights last week, we do power rankings and stuff. I think Rudy needs to go up a little more because I think Rudy Gobert has command of that locker room, but that's Mike Conley's locker room, like, and be all end all. He runs that locker room. They look up to him like a f- older brother, father figure, whatever. So to have him back for Ant, for Carl, for Rudy, that's, that's massive. So I'm with you. Guys that yeah. take those pay cuts, uh, I do have a fond respect for them because winning a title is probably something that will stick with you more than an extra $10 million. You mentioned you so the Wolves were in Portland last week and and you live in Portland so you were at the two games you Jim Pete was out there too and um we did the Tuesday and Thursday episodes but then they had the Thursday game and so you were around the team a lot more than we were even able to talk about on this podcast what are like two or three things that you thought were interesting just kind of being around the team being in the locker room and uh and getting a close up view of of the number 1 team in the Western Conference give me like two or three things that stood out the whole pod Dane and I did Thursday after the game at midnight was just about the vibes. I mean, the vibes of the team. It was off the off the record, but like off the record, I talked to Kyle and I kind of joked a year ago when you were here, you lost two games to the Blazers. This team was in flux. Carl was out, like, you know, we were close to punching each other. 
and you said that quote about when you're going through hell, just keep going. Uh, and they were in hell. And now to see this team, which is basically the same roster and the same coaching staff, there's not a lot of changes to this rotation from last year. Uh, they went through hell, and I think they all recognize it, and some are more open to talking about it than others, but they recognize, dude, we went through hell, and we came out stronger, and we came out more united. Um, like, people like, I think people like this, but behind the scenes, like, you show up, you can go into the locker room before the game when mm -hmm. everyone's eating and Literally, there's just a table in the middle full of every snack you could ever think of, like healthy snacks and also like Starburst and applesauce. And they're just plowing through snacks, watching old games on TV. Uh, they're just all joking around and having fun. Winning helps that, but it was a really tight-knit group. Rudy and Carl have their lockers next to each other. They're like best of friends uh, and just everyone like interacting across the room and stuff. It just, the vibes are really high when Finch comes in post-game, pre-game, they really respect him. And that you saw that all weekend, right? There's so many articles from Krasinski and Chris Hine about how much this team, especially the top guys like Ant and Carl, really resonate with Finch. So I think that's like my biggest takeaway is just the vibes are really good. And then on the court, uh, those were two trap games. I mean, they really they were the last team to play. They had to board a plane. All the All-Star people did to go to Indianapolis. They got in at 5 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, they should have or could have mailed in that Thursday game, and they're up 30 after the first quarter. And I was so bored. I was telling you, like, I was DMing people trying to get guests on the pod. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, they let their you foot off. You landed one, though, by the way. Well, yeah, TBD, we'll, 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 uh, we'll unveil it. Let's just say that we can give this hint. Kyle is very, very close to finalizing <laughs> a random wolf of the week that we've already done to be a guest on this podcast soon. And it's not Andre Kirilenko, despite my best efforts. He, uh, <laughs> the, the DMs to Russian players are not going through. But uh, no, just the, the vibes are good. And then, I mean, it's still vibes related, but this team is not, and this might be a Finch thing, and I'm probably grasping at straws and I'm supervised, but this team is not like jacked or celebrating that they're the one seed yeah. or that they're having what I continue to deem is like the most successful season so far in Timberwolves history. That's like a lot of noise to them. And I think Finch does a good job of blocking it out and being like, you haven't done anything. And if you get your head too big, come April, that balloon, your head is going to pop. So Rudy Gobert kept saying like the word championship, championship, championship. And I these love guys that he know. Yeah, and Carl, Carl, you know, Carl was doing it too. Like they're not afraid of it, but they also know that they didn't make all these moves and, you know, take less money or whatever we think they did to just win 50 regular season games. Uh, the challenge will be, and I, I asked Finch this, like, how do you bottle that up when everyone goes away for a week and kind of come back from, you know, quote unquote Christmas break and still have that same energy, that same drive? We'll see. I think having seven straight home games after the break will help that. You can mix in some practices. You can, you know, dial some things up. But for the most part, it's a galvanized group. It's a motivated group. And so far, that's all you can really ask for from a team three quarters of the way through the season. By the way, uh, we can talk about some of the All Star Weekend stuff, and then we have to. We haven't even touched on KG generating all this buzz with his Michael Jordan Anthony Edwards comparison. <laughs> now it's coming back around. So there's a couple things we have to get to there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna flag myself here. I'm gonna self report that I got Twitter fingers a little too early on the Rachel Nichols Carl Anthony Towns interview that was clipped for social media a couple days ago. Where so this is the tweet from Rachel. Cat tells me 
why he's been comfortable seeding a chunk of the Wolves spotlight to Anthony Edwards. And there's a like getting the context of the video is important too, but I'll just read you the quote. Kat said, quote, why can't two legends coincide? Remember KG and Marbury? Why not us be able to take that torch and run with it? Just being able to put our egos aside. We both want to see each other win. Even after watching the clip the first two times, I misinterpreted it initially to be that he was saying, hey, we can be KG and Marbury. Thinking like maybe someone needs to give Kat a history lesson here. But the, the broader context, uh, the broader context is he's been in communication with KG. I'm guessing KG has been filling him in on the what could have been story of Marbury, Kevin Garnett, Marbury's ego derailed a really good thing, demanded a trade, right? Now, the legends thing, why can't two legends coincide? I would say of the four people mentioned in this quote, there's one legend right now. It's Kevin Garnett. So deep breath on that. Um, but if Cat really is going to school on the history of the Timberwolves, and if KG is his confidant saying, hey, man, forget about, like, who's the one, who's the two, who's the Batman, who's the Robin, who makes the most money, this, that, like, just go win games and and remove your egos from the equation. I love it. I think that's what he meant with this quote, but it did generate a ton of buzz on social media a couple days ago. Wondering if you saw it and what your thoughts were. Oh my God, shocker, Phil, that Rachel Nichols blew something with Carly Towns out of the water and missed the context. Uh, well, I don't think she I don't think she missed the context. I initially missed the context, and other people I think did. She just put the quote in the video out. Just to be clear, I'm not ripping on Rachel. I would like to answer this. And then segue to a couple all-star thoughts, because I listened to Flagrant House yesterday. You and Judd and Declan did a really good job, but I have some thoughts. Um, I, I'll just, I'm on a bash. Like, I'm just a fan. I'm not a journalist. I'm not, whatever, covering the team on a daily basis. I have found more and more respect for Carl Anthony Towns. I'm just Carl Anthony Towns' fan. That's my stance. Uh, spending time with him last week, he, like, knows who I am, which is stupid, because I don't know. Like, I don't think you should, like, just a, I'm just a person. But he's a caring person. He says some things that you would think are like, were you just listening to a like a, a hip-hop song? Like, when he goes, why can't two legends coexist? Like, that sounds like something he had just heard or read. And he's like, I'm going to use this today in yeah. some sort of quote. Um, but I, my thing with Carl is that, and maybe he's a little socially awkward. And, you know, if you don't like Carl, it's probably because after nine years, he's made a ton of money and he hasn't really elevated the franchise. And there's the whole Batman versus, you know, Robin discussion that was going on last week as well. Uh but one thing with him that I really enjoy, and I'm wondering, back to you, because you are a Minnesota sports, I mean, I would say icon. Like, you've covered these teams. You've done a lot of this stuff for years wow. and years. Icon. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, Clip I fully, that. fully agree, by the way. I but, mean, you know, <laughs> Minnesota, um, apologies a little bit here, but, like, Minnesota sports teams and Minnesota in general, they, it gets shit on a lot. And it's constantly when a player reaches a certain status, the big markets kind of notice, like, oh, you know what? Time for you to get out of there. Time for you to get out of there. And it's happened my whole life. It's happened with any good player that's come up in any of the Minnesota sports teams. Yeah. And for Carl, I don't know if people think it's cliche or like fake. He embraces wearing like the retro Spreewell jersey. He embraces wearing yeah. the Mitchell and Ness old stuff. Like he wants, he knows this franchise is historically a dumpster fire. And it's weird that he is trying to consistently be like, I would love to bring a title to these fans. He can't do it alone. He hasn't been able to do it alone. He's failed in that realm. But I don't know. I, I, it's just so weird the way people criticize him for like wanting to stay and wanting to embrace the blue and green and wanting to embrace the land of 10,000 lakes. 
Um, sometimes again, his quotes come off a little weird, but I don't, I don't know. Like if Tyrese Halliburton talks about how I want to bring a title to Indiana because I want to do it for Reggie Miller, people are like, that's so cool. And then when Carl does it, it's like, you're a nerd. And I just don't get it anymore. Uh, and I'm just kind of over it. So the quote was, you could misinterpret it. I kind of did as well. Cause I was like, well, anytime you say KG and Steph, it's not a good thing. Like, KG and Steph is not a good, it was good at the start, not, but it's not like a good thing in Timberwolves history. Right. KG and Steph. Right. And if, again, I heard Judd say that if you're you know 20, you might not know that I'm 35. I've, I'm aware that that's bad, but I think the idea of it, of like you had two players that were at the top of their game and, you know, you know, top five, top 10 in their position, the Wolves have that now with KG or with, uh, Carl and Ant, and maybe he's trying to kind of like, you know, rectify, or like he said, take the torch. Um, so again, there, there were parts of it, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I would have reformed that for version two of the quote, but it's just kind of and it kind of, again, happened over the weekend with this All-Star game that was so embarrassing and I would just love to rant about for six hours. But it's funny that in a game that will be remembered for how many elite $40 million superstar athletes mailed it in to the point where it was legitimately embarrassing and were not trying and didn't want to sprint back and didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to be there. It was yeah. funny that Carl got ridiculed for trying. That just kind of tells you how this is all, right? Carl's trying in a game where no one's trying. It's like, oh, God, put up 50 he's against no one he's trying. And, and, and they lose. And it's like Luka Doncic, <laughs> if you watch like the all 20, like I think he smoked a cigarette on the court. And yeah, it's that like, two, we don't make- one though, that's good math. Yeah, like, oh, Luka just shot a 75-footer and a two-for-one. That was stupid. It's like <laughs> they made a mockery of that game. And yeah, Carl took 35 shots, but no one else wanted to do anything. Why? I don't know. So that was another thing. But I thought the quotes were kind of cool because- the Wolves don't have much. They are poor. They don't have a history. They don't have a lot of fun years to remember. There's yeah. one guy and a couple seasons, and Carl and KG do still text. They are still close. I think they're going to get closer this summer when KG is eventually brought on to the franchise uh, and his jersey yeah. gets retired. So I like that he embraces a team that many other players have come through, and they've used it as a paycheck, and they got out of there as quick as they can, and I don't know. I'm off well, today. Well, it was no, dude. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I think. When are we going to talk about Cole Aldridge, <laughs> oh, dude? You know what though? But here's the thing. Okay, so you reference Cole Aldridge, former teammate of Carl Anthony Towns, and he went sort of scorched earth. And I've yeah. I've done a couple podcasts with Cole, and he's wide open, and he'll tell stories and stuff. He's honest. I mean, that's that's what I like. Hundred percent. Yep. And but and so I guess here I'll say two things about Cat off of what you just said. The first thing. This is the best, most fully realized version of Cat we've mm -hmm. ever seen in almost a decade in the NBA. I think it's the most complete he's been as a player. It's the best shooting season he's ever had. It's the best defensive season he's had in at least five or six years. It's probably the best defensive. Now, it helps to be playing in this culture surrounded by Rudy Gobert. And like your, your defense is going to look a lot better when you're playing next to Rudy Gobert and Jade McDaniels. But his, to his credit, he is fully leaning into it. He's embracing it. And I think the fact that he's been able to find his role as kind of secondary to Ant in some ways, secondary to Gobert in some other ways, but then like on certain nights, he can be the one that carries the Wolves too, but he's just, he's been able to fit in as the most complete version of Cat that we've ever seen, right? I'll mm -hmm. pause there and say, do you agree with that? Yep, 100%. And he deserves a ton of praise for all that, right? 100%. On the flip side, I don't love when people look at the fully realized version of Cat and then render every other criticism from the last five or six or seven years as having been irrelevant or laughable. It's like, well, he did derail three games in that Memphis series a couple of years ago with his lack of maturity, 
his lack of just awareness, offensive fouls, all, all of those things, and his sort of spastic nature. He deserved criticism for those things a couple of years ago and at times last year too. I haven't seen hardly any of that this year. So if for, for anyone that thinks, oh, see, everyone that criticized him for these very real tangible things that shipwrecked important games for the Timberwolves a couple of years ago, you're a hater and you're an idiot and you were seeing ghosts. No, I think those things were very real. Like I said, they were very tangible. He has clearly learned from some things. The last time I saw him going sort of bad cat for a chunk of a night was that Boston home yeah. game, mm-hmm. like the third week of the season, dude. So cr- credit to him for flushing a lot of that bad cat out of his system and maybe some of it's Conley and the culture. And, you know, this is a... I always thought it was going to be awkward kind of moving him out from being the leader of a bad franchise to like the second or third guy or just like the not the leader anymore. Like, could you do that? and not have egos flare up and not have it be weird and awkward. And dude, they've done it and he's done it. He's sitting here on any given night, he can be the number one, but on some nights he's the number three. On some nights he's the number two. Everyone kind of plays off each other. The vibes are great. No one's jealous. There's no egos. And this is now the perfect situation. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I gotta know, because a lot of people started pulling like my my criticisms on Twitter from a couple of years ago. It's like, dude, I stand, like I ripped him for being immature and being a foul machine and all these things like those were true and he has learned clearly from some of those things and he has gotten a lot better so we're seeing a better more fully realized version of him i want people to know this isn't like brown nosing like i agree with everything phil just said including the part about in the past there were real criticisms of him as a player but what i would be frustrated if i was carl or like one of his friends is he's fixed a lot of those things yeah Totally. And why is he still the player that gets ripped the most? Like, well, why think, is he like the punching bag? It's puts a playoff thing, don't you think? I think. But it's... like, so okay, I graduated in 07. Shout out Red River High School. H- high school. Okay. Yeah. 2007 first overall pick was Greg Oden. I'm just gonna rip through these. Greg Oden, Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, Cat, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. DeAndre Ayton, Zion Williamson, Ant, Cade, Paulo, Wemby. That's like 16 years. I think only like two or three of those guys have won a ring, right? Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. And they both both partnered with a, what's his name again? Oh, LeBron James. So like a lot, if you want to go back in the last 16 years of first overall picks, Carl's probably one of the five or six best. And... Again, your criticisms in the past of, like, why couldn't you elevate your franchise? Well, Anthony Davis couldn't elevate the Pelicans, and Kyrie, you know, needed help to do that. So I'm not making excuses because those things existed. But now that he has been playing better, I mean, he was – I tuned in for a little bit, and I'm going to tell you some thoughts on it quick. I tuned in for that Sunday. He was the player getting made fun of the most despite being the only guy that was, like, trying to help his team win. So he can't win. He can't. And even if he wins a title, someone's going to AI his voice and be like, oh, he changed his voice again. <laughs> it's a foul. And I would just be like kind of over it. And I would probably be a – I mean, there were so many interviews and quotes and stuff that came from All-Star Weekend that were hella cringe about players wanting even more money or misogynistic things from Kenny Smith or making yeah. fun of homeless people uh, with Charles Barkley and Draymond. Like the Draymond Green stuff, it's wild that the NBA was like, you know who we should have? 
be the lead face of All-Star Weekend. The guy we had to suspend because he had an anger management problem, and then he cried to Adam Silver because he wanted to quit basketball. And now we're letting him comment on, oh, the same old Timberwolves. Carl's playing well, but they're down 20. Like, he can't win. He can't win. And in the past, he deserved to lose. But now that he's doing things that are, what else could you want from the guy? He's embracing the city. He's playing well. He's seeding all the starlight and limelight to Ant. Still can't win. So I don't know I what think, to do. I think it'll... I think it'll change with a playoff run. I think I really think because think about this, for instance, dude, like the last couple weeks, including Draymond Green, by the way, we finally heard Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp on first take talking about the Timberwolves when they went on that run. They beat the Clippers mm -hmm. like they finally had a couple nice, big sort of national profile wins. And OK, let's put it in the rundown for first take. Stephen A., let's spend 50 Coming seconds on the Timberwolves, right? How many actual Timberwolves games? have the main national media talking heads, the inside the NBA guys, the first take guys on ESPN. I mean, pretty much, I think Kendrick Perkins is about, uh, if you if you Perk. went and listed the top 20 national NBA talking heads, I think J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins are the only two guys that have watched more than like four Timberwolves games this season. And so that, those guys aren't going to, I get that like it's their job technically, but their job really is to watch the games that are, getting national attention, national TV. So they're going to focus on Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets are now because they won the title. Once the Timberwolves get to the playoffs, okay, now you're going to have, remember when Stephen A, was it was it two years ago or last year? Might have been last year. And Stephen A jumps on first take the next morning or, or maybe the NBA countdown postgame show and he's like, world, let me tell you who I just discovered last night. Have you guys heard of this Anthony Edwards guy? And Wolves fans are like, what? <laughs> He's been playing right, for yeah. three years. So I think as, as they play in playoff games, they play in more high-profile situations, the world is going to be watching him more closely. And if he can carry this version of Carl Anthony Towns that we've seen this year into that playoff setting, and they can dust the I pray to God the Golden State Warriors get matched up oh. against the Wolves in the first round. Yeah. It will be a gentleman sweep at best for the Warriors. The Wolves will dust that team in five games, maybe four. Then we can see what people are saying about Carl Anthony Towns. But I do think to some extent you have to do something in the you can't you can't just drop fifty in an all-star game and expect people to like they no. have to do something in the playoffs to gain some respect. I mean, KD won rings and he was ridiculed for 72 hours over the weekend for not being a leader. Yeah. So again, I just think that there are low-hanging fruit that the national audience or I guess the players just like to rip on. So again, I'm not saying that Carlton Towns doesn't deserve criticism because there were moments where he couldn't elevate a franchise, but I think it's also healthy to look at the list of former first-round picks over the last 20 years and literally none of them have elevated a franchise by themselves and they needed a star, a star to do it. So Batman, Robin, whatever you want to do, I think Carl's pretty open to seeding some of that stuff to, to Ant. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I I just hope that if a playoff run does exist or does occur, that they get the treatment that you and I think they deserve because otherwise it's like, I don't know, it's like the opposite of classical conditioning, right? Like if I sped my first eight years of having a driver's license and then I started following the speed limit and everyone still gave me tickets, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, I'm just going to go 90, so. Yeah, no, this is all, I mean, this is, this is going to be a fun conversation the rest of the way because it, it feels like this team. There's, I, I did see the Deadspin hit piece, which a wow, Deadspin still exists, and then b it was this hit piece about how well the Rudy Gobert Utah Jazz were a fake one seed, and so this year's Timberwolves team is a fake one seed. There's going to be that narrative until they do something in the playoffs. Yeah, they have to do something. 
That was, also, this, shout out but, to the guy that wrote that because he had like 100 Twitter followers. So congrats on trying to make <laughs> oh, a name for yourself. Oh, he got to 100? That's yeah, awesome. he might have hit triple digits. Probably Big more than he gets paid there. there. <laughs> wow, so Deadspin, yeah, keep uh, keep the dream alive there. Hey, before we get to the KG 1984 Jordan Ant thing here, and before we get to Kyle's adulting moment of the week, I want to hear more <laughs> about that. A shout-out to our friends at AG1. So here's my little travel pack right here, Kyle, yep. my AG1. So I actually, a few months ago... I switched from getting, you know, they give you like a month's worth of AG1 and a scoop. And I just like the travel packs. You can actually get the 30 travel packs for a month's worth of AG1, trusted by top athletes all over the world. Tr- top athletes like me. That's right. <laughs> AG1 is a simple and comprehensive foundational nutritional supplement for whole body health. It's been about seven years for me since I discovered AG1. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs right here, YouTube audience, with your per- your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash flagranthowls. That's drinkag1.com slash flagranthowls to check it out. Also, a shout-out to our friend uh, David over at First Equity Mortgage. So, David, longtime season ticket holder of Wolves and Lynx. He has been on the roller coaster just like us, and he is in charge of one of the top mortgage companies in the country based in Minnesota, 24 years in the market. A few years ago, I had a great experience refinancing my home at the time with David at First Equity. You can get the same fast, great experience that I did when you go to femort.com. That's femort.com or scornorth.com, keyword David, Kyle. Dane had a Dane's a big AG1 guy, so he oh, had a boy, bunch oh. of packs of the travel packs this week when he was staying over, and uh, I tried one, and I swear by him. Like that's not I don't oh dude if they didn't advertise I'd be trying to advertise for them. So they were delicious. Uh, kind of looked like um, wet grass in a blender the first time I had it, but then I drank it. And I was like, this is, and I felt probably the best I've ever felt, and I felt terrible last week because it was just nine cups of coffee a day and late night podcasts. So <laughs> AG1 might have changed my life. Unless you're Tom Brady and you're just like blending kale for every meal and it's like you're, you know, you're going to live your life. And so it's nice to get the 75 yeah. uh, ingredients. I actually felt it. Yeah. It's a, it was it's good. a, it's a game changer for sure. Can I, can I throw one quick take in? Cause yeah, I do oh, listen dude, to all please. the flagrant howls that I'm not on and they're very good and they provide a different perspective. So everyone that supports when, when it's Phil and Judd and Declan keep listening to that. Cause I, I enjoy listening to that as well. Um, you and I formed this podcast almost two years ago now. We kind of went into a blind. We The friendship formed after the pod had started, uh, and now we are best of friends. I usually agree with most of what you said. I have never thought you've been more wrong than your take on the All-Star game. Wait. So my take on the All-Star game was just don't watch it. Uh, that part I'm okay with. But just in general, the people that are like, or maybe the people in general, that are like, it wasn't a big deal that it's not watchable, it hasn't been watchable for a while. I think that's wrong. And I think it's wrong for like a lot of reasons because... The whole weekend wasn't just bad. It was, like, embarrassing. Again, like, the okay. Steph Curry. Are we ripping Ant for shooting left-handed in the skills I didn't, competition? I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I love the kid, and I got some viral videos last week of him that went all around the world. Uh, didn't even love that. Again, it's it was not cringe. a big deal. It was kind of cringe. It's, it's not a big cringe. deal. It's fine. Um, I don't think his teammates really loved it. But then that, and then, like, the weird comments on the broadcast all weekend about, like, Sabrina should shoot closer with a women's ball. What was that? Yeah. Just the homelessness, San Francisco thing. 
constantly ripping the host city and being like, why would anyone have this in Indianapolis? Uh, spoiler alert, like the NFL is having the draft in bleeping Green Bay. Like the NFL does such a better job of being like every city that has an NFL team is valuable and we love them. Yes. Well, do the they NBA do the combine just, in Indianapolis every year? They're doing the, the combine M- there next week. The NFL and they and they laud it, right? These great steakhouses. This is great. And guess what? You know how much tickets were to the Saturday night events that I, I actually don't know. You can tell me. I don't know who won the dunk contest. I refuse to watch. I just uh, Mac, know Dame. Mac went back to back, right? The G, oh, literally that, a G League yay. player has won the NBA dunk contest twice. Yay. So he's back down in the G League. Uh, like tickets to get into that were like four fifty, and then to hear all these players, which I kind of am with them. Ant was pretty big on why would we try hard in a weekend that we're stretched thin and we have all these appearances and all of our teammates get to go to Cabo, and most of the Wolves did go to Cabo. Uh, I kind of get that, but I don't know, man. It's real tough to look at a league that I love and think that the commissioner of the league and the people that make the decisions are doing a good job. The officiating's bad. The TV ratings are really low. The cost to get into these games. Dude, Thursday night, Wolves-Blazers to sit lower bowl for a Blazers team that has has decreased their viewership by 60%. I don't know if you saw it today. I did see that. Um, It was still north of... $250 to get into that game an hour before like I don't know man people don't care I guess but the demo coming up in this league is a younger generation than you and I and not to turn this into an econ rant but uh they don't have any money and it's not their fault but like the American dream of having a house and starting a family stuff like is harder and harder because no one has any money and the price of a hot dog now is like nine dollars I would say we're on thin ice here with how the league is going, especially when they're trying to negotiate TV deals. The fact that the answer to this weekend was just don't watch it, which I did, probably is right. So that part's right. But if you're the league, not sure that's the best strategy of like, hey, if you don't like it, just don't watch because they need people to watch. And it was an embarrassment. It was at that game on Sunday, on Saturday, Friday, no one knows the rules of the rookie sophomore challenge. Really, really bad look. I would say this. Okay. Okay. I'm so crabby today. What happened to me? (laughs) I will concede to you. I will concede to you that it's gotten really loosey-goosey. Let's go through a quick checklist here. The dunk contest used to feature Michael Jordan. Yep. Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant. There was a 10 to 15 year stretch where Clyde Drexler, right? The best players, the best athletes in the NBA would participate in the dunk contest. Dwight Howard. I mean, there's been so many examples. Lately, I mean, you literally have a G League player winning the last two dunk contests. And then a couple of, like, Obi Toppin's brother was (laughs) in the competition. Yeah. So there's got... Now, Jalen Brown did participate, kind of. (laughs) He wasn't exactly... (laughs) He he was there, all right. (laughs) He existed. Uh, But... It would be great. How can we, dude? LeBron James has never, and now he's like almost forty. So, but LeBron James never participated in the dunk contest. You know, like Anthony Edwards should be in the dunk contest, not the skills competition. If you're going to mm-hmm. just shoot left hand in the skills competition, let's dude get out there and throw down some crazy dunks. So, I would say, how can you get star attractions in the dunk contest? Would be great. On the actual All-Star game, I don't know how fixable. I don't know that you're going to tell guys who are making $50 million a year, hey, play your ass off. There, a lot of these guys think that international play is where the real like All-Star competition happens. That's where they devote their, you know, their 100% of their bodies, and that's when they're diving out of bounds to save balls and stuff. I don't know how you fix that. 
So now Anthony Edwards came out and just flat out said the quiet part out loud. Yep. yep. And said, yeah, I mean, this is a vacation for us, so we're not really going to try hard. It's just an exhibition. So I really don't know how they're going to get us to play harder. <laughs> no, and he, he was he was spot on. It's just what what part are you going to change then, right? Because it wasn't cheap to get into the arena. You know what then? If it's an exhibition and no one wants to cross half court, put 18,000 kids in the arena. That's a good way to kind of like build your next generation of fans. But it's very, it's just one big marketing exercise. That's how Summer League is slowly starting to get more and more. I mean, obviously there's a lot of cool action there, but there's so many events. And uh, from a fan perspective, it's just a real tough look. If the cost of a, you know, I, Ross was telling us earlier, like $10 for a, a hot dog at the XL for a wild game and then $28 for two beers. If nothing for the fans is going to get less expensive, including broadcast rights or all this stuff, but you're just not going to have a real product. I mean, Scott Van Pelt said it the best. If you're not going to care, then we're not going to care. Uh, and you saw that with the ratings. Yes, you're going to see today ratings on this All-Star game were up 20% from last year. Well, last year's TV ratings were the lowest All-Star ratings in the history of the NBA. So 20% on top of the flat line is still not great. Uh, now, the, the NFL decided to just ditch their Pro Bowl a few years ago because, you know, what's, what's amazing about the four major team sports is the only one of the four that you can just organically force high-level competition is baseball because mm -hmm. I am a pitcher. You are a hitter. I'm not going to embarrass my – I'm not throwing underhand to you. Like, I don't want you to hit a bomb off me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my stuff. I'm going to throw 98 miles an hour for an inning. So try to hit it. And then you're going to try and hit it. So that it's like it's orga a baseball game. It's hard to do it at 50%. Yep. Football, like you're going to get hurt if one yeah. guy. Remember that hit? Was it the punter got smoked by like Sean Taylor 15 years ago? All right. Like, Sean Taylor if, really knew how to get I think it was. If if there's one guy that's going slower than the rest or one guy that's taking it up a notch, somebody might get killed on a football field. So they just decided, you know what? It's not worth a guy tearing his ACL. I wonder at some point if they do the same with basketball, if they say, let's just do like the NFL is literally doing the pro bowl games and they're mm -hmm. doing, they're doing like a long drive competition with football players who golf. So could the NBA get the same ratings still have the same sort of party vibe in a Las Vegas or a great party city like Indianapolis and, and do like two days of the all-star games so, or three days, right? You got the celebrity game and the, the rookie sophomores, Let's wrap, let's rev up the dunk contest three point. Let's add like two other fun things. Maybe it's like a three on three pickup thing, half court. You know, there's gotta be a fun way to put a twist on it to keep the ratings up and not subject these guys to two and a half hours of whatever the hell we saw on Sunday. Sunday was the first Sunday of the calendar year without football. And you had two exhibition teams combined for 163s and LeBron didn't play in the second half. <laughs> and this is uh, this is an event that we spent weeks talking about who got snubbed and fighting all the fan bases and he should yeah. be an all-star and he should be an all-star. And it's like, dude, no one cares. And I'm with you. Like, if they just turn it into everyone wears sweatpants and plays lightning on Sunday night, maybe that's the answer. I'd watch that. Whatever. But that's don't, you know, don't gaslight the fans because people paid to show up to that. People pay to watch it. And it was an embarrassing performance. Uh, and something's got to get fixed. And if they just want to do away with it, that's fine because – the players are also right. Like Leonard Miller got to go to Cabo and had to arrive in Indianapolis 5 a.m. Friday and do a bunch of media stuff. So it's tough for those guys, but it's just, I like the NBA, man. I'm, I'm an NBA guy, not just a Wolves guy. And to see some of these areas of the league get so player, not even empowered, just it's really watered down. Uh, I'm sure the playoffs will be great, but 
you're seeing, whether it be the regular season, the officiating contracts and stuff, it's just, it's kind of going in a bad way. And as a purist, as someone who just loves hoops, it's uh, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just remember, we already talked about the 84 Jordan thing with Jim Pete last Thursday. So go and listen to that episode if you want to hear that conversation. <laughs> KG did follow up. So Anthony Edwards was asked about it and he said, hey, I mean, that's great. KG said that about me. Uh, go take it up with Michael Jordan if you disagree with this. And KG basically said, it's the bounce. It's the, it's, it's, I'm not saying he's 96 Jordan. It's the bounce. It's everything. But go back and listen to the Jim Pete Thursday episode from last week. Jim Pete, a regular here on Flagrant Howls. That was my favorite season. podcast we've ever done. I think I said that, that today. Like thir- last Thursday was our best podcast. I think you plan on having Jim on as many Thursdays as possible. Uh, and he just provides a good insight. Uh, someone, I think it's Wolves Box Scores on Twitter, tweeted out today just a highlight package of Jim Pete playing for the Rockets. So go find that. It was just like, <laughs> what else do we do today on a Tuesday with no Wolves? Here's a highlight reel of Jim Pete just dunking on people. Really could get up there yeah, and it, contest people at the rim and just yammed on some guys. It's amazing. Okay, before we wrap here, give us Kyle's adulting moment of the week here. You said at the beginning of the show you're doing a lot of adulting these days. What's your favorite adulting uh, task? Well, it's not buying a house, that's for sure. That's stressful. Um, I will say, so I didn't watch. I took your advice, and I didn't watch All-Star Weekend. This is just the crabbiest version of myself. I'm getting old. Uh, so I started streaming stuff. I'm into Yellowstone. If, okay. you list, if you've watched Yellowstone, throw it in the comments. I'm like six episodes in. Um, but I didn't know how to find it. So I Google Yellowstone stream, and you get the list of all the things. So I was like, okay, Hulu. Let me go on Hulu. I'll set up an account. You get a month free. I'm in it. I set it up. I confirm the password. I do all the two-factor thing. And then I go to watch it, and it says, oh, you need Hulu Premiere. I was like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. So let me go to – it looks like it's on Prime Video. So let me go to Prime Video. I open up Prime Video, and this message pops up, and it says, hey, just heads up, starting now and moving forward, we're going to be mixing in commercials. And I was like, wait a second. I thought I paid for streaming to get away from commercials. There's like a higher level of Prime Video now. Yeah. Yep, yep. So then I was like, let me go to Peacock. Well, I'm Peacock doesn't make sense. I don't know where to find it. I don't know if there's an app. So it took me an hour and a half to figure it out. Shout out Michael Hagan. He sent me his password. But I realized as I looked at my Apple TV screen on a weekend when there is no football and there is no basketball, I have 14 streaming services. And I don't know all the passwords to all of them. And some Dude. of them don't even let me use the same, the same digit twice in a row. Like all of a sudden they're gaslighting how I make passwords. Like my password is my choice, not your choice. Uh, I miss, we need to get back to cable. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I know we, we really old. need like a centralized platform where all of these content channels can live and you can scroll up and down. And maybe the channels are numbered too. Someone should invent that, I feel like. <laughs> and then it was like a week ago. We didn't even really talk about this, but ESPN and Fox and I think Warner Brothers like are combining all of their rights into like one new app. And it's just, yeah. it's a, and I know this, I'm pretty hip clip that like I, I think I know how to do some stuff I have my password like if I can't figure it out I don't know how our parents figure it out I don't well, know my, how my dad just is like I'm just gonna die actually because I can't figure out how to watch TV so this is yeah I mean so, seriously it is what was the thing I, I had a similar experience a couple days ago where I went through like an hour and a half of machinations on something that I thought should have been really easy and I'm thinking, like, if you're over the age of 40 years old, if you're if you're like 75 or 80, the world has completely passed you by. Oh, if you're 35, it's, dude, my like my dad stopped evolving with technology. Probably he died a year ago, and he stopped evolving with technology probably 15 to 18 years before he died. He got a desktop computer 
in like 2005 or something, never had an iPhone, never text messaged. And by the end of it, you know, I was explaining to him that, yeah, if we're going to, we're going to order an Uber to get to, you know, whatever restaurant we were going to. And he's like pulling out cash to tip the Uber driver. I'm like, I'm like explaining these things to him. But like, if you stopped evolving maybe 10 or 15 years ago, like, can you, you can't hail a cab. You can't, I mean, it's ridiculous. You can't watch TV. How do you log in? What's two factor authentication? If I don't have an, like all these things, it's dude, I feel so old at 38 now. It's insane. And then when I like, let's use league pass to bring it back to basketball, that app, is Internet Explorer 1.0. I don't know how to use it. It crashes. And then like out here, Wolves games are blacked out when they play out in Portland. And then it's like a 72-hour window before the game. It's just, I don't know. I don't like, I am paying more money now for every streaming service and League Pass. And I have like less access. And now there's these commercials. And it's just like, I don't get it. Like I thought, I don't know. I know I'm crabby today, but let's just turn Amish, man. Life would be easier if we were Amish. Let's just ride around. To... To, it's right here in my notes. To seal this all off, Thursday night, Wolves Blazers, Wolves handle them, you know, sweep the series. In the lower bowl, there was some fan, I could see him from my 200-row media seats, with an Apple Vision Pro on. <laughs> just at the game, with big beer goggles on, using their fingers like a mouse. And I just, it might be it for me, man. This might be my last podcast. I saw a clip of somebody at a talent show, like a high school talent show, in front of a full auditorium had the goggles on and was doing their thing. And the caption was, who wants to tell him? (laughs) No, no no one knows what you're doing right now. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, I might be seeing fake news on Twitter now because that is kind of the mantra for that app, that app. But uh, I saw a video of a person wearing the Apple Vision Pro headset in their Tesla, their self-driving vehicle. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know, man, we're not going to make it. You want to escape to an alternate universe. You really want to be SimCity. That's it right there. I thought Mike Conley signing an extension was guaranteeing me that the Wolves would win a title in 2025, and I don't know if we're going to make it that far. (laughs) So thanks, Mike. You're right, man. Hopefully we can get a title here in the next few months. Hey, if you haven't already, click the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and give us a five-star rating and a positive review on the Flagrant Howls Apple Podcast and Spotify pages. I saw this podcast was once again up near like 35. Top 35. Right? Yeah, Top let's 35 go. Let's go. Among national basketball podcasts. So thank you guys for helping us grow this thing. And we'll see you probably on Thursday for another Jim Pete episode. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is a Timberwolves Lifestyle Podcast.